0: It's a little known fact that Cheerscast is a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network.
1: Oh, don't you see? Frazier's in love. Is what? Oh, come on, Sam. You're forgetting I was once romantically involved with Frazier. I know when he's enamored of someone. Didn't you see his nostrils flare? (laughs) And everyone knows that hate is not the opposite of love. Indifference is.
0: Well, whatever you say, I really don't care.
2: Hello and welcome back to Cheers Cast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. My name is Ryan Daly, and here with me to discuss all of the throbbing and penetrating aspects of the fourth episode of season five. The husband and wife duo behind the Married Watching Cartoons podcast and new parents of an adorable puppy named Rhoda, please welcome back John and Maggie Schaefer Hames. What's up, kids? Hello,
1: hello. That Brian. was the grossest introduction I think we've ever had.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, but we've earned it. We've... Well, all right, fair.
1: fair. We are married after all.
0: Yeah. Nope.
2: <laughs> there you go. So it's all in good fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. right. Exactly. No yeah. blushing.
0: Yeah. MWC stands for uh, Married with Canine Could... lately. <laughs> yeah. We figured it would be a great thing to like host a podcast where we do discuss lovely antics about the dog, but we have no energy left. Zero. In fact, we're
1: asleep right now.
0: I know. Yes. This is all <laughs> <laughs> we've recorded all of this in advance with, with a bunch of pauses that Ryan will fill in. Yeah. It will sound like a conversation. <laughs> exactly. Thanks a lot for agreeing to that. Ryan.
1: I was thinking more like subliminal messaging with like Ryan's voice as we sleep, and we just <laughs> respond in our sleep.
0: No, that would work. That's how I learned. German. It's
2: amazing what they can do with sensory deprivation these days. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of the uh, lack of sensory deprivation, let's get into this episode. <laughs> we are talking about season five, episode four, abnormal psychology. This episode, like the one before it, is written by Janet Leigh, directed by Jim Burrows, and the original air date for this one was Thursday, October sixteenth, nineteen eighty-six. Frazier is scheduled to appear on a televised debate show called Psychology This Week, but considers backing out when he learns that the show's other guest is Dr. Lilith Sternen, a colleague that Frazier dated once last season. Lilith comes to Cheers hoping to make clear that their past relationship will not interfere with their professionalism during the debate and immediately the two doctors begin antagonizing each other. Diane believes that Frasier's hostility toward Lilith is masking a deep attraction. She gives Lilith a makeover before the show and Fraser is so startled by her physical transformation that he's unable to conceal his arousal during the debate and the feeling appears to be mutual with Lilith. Later, Lilith returns to chairs in her buttoned-up fashion to apologize for her unprofessional behavior. Fraser thinks it's best that the two of them not see each other anymore, so Diane concocts a rather obvious scheme to get Lilith to take a hairpin out and let her hair down. Fraser, seeing right through Diane's ploy, is nevertheless turned on by the new look Lilith and kisses her before carrying her out of the bar back to his place. All righty, guys. What did you think of this episode, the return of Lilith Sternin, last seen in one brief little uh, appearance in season four, she comes back in a big way this time, what did we think about this episode.
1: I have mixed feelings, there were moments that made me laugh out loud, both times that I watched the episode to, to prep for the show. Um, and I, I, I told John, like, I feel like every time we're on Cheers cast, I'm always really criticizing the show. So I feel, and have always felt as a Frasier fan that Lilith Sternan is unfairly maligned. I love her so much. Ooh. I think she's great. And I love mm. Bebe Neuwirth and they don't treat her all that well in this episode. Frazier's. Kind of mean to her. Um sure. so I get a little protective. Well, I
0: mean <laughs> Cheers is my favorite when it is the Frasier and Lilith show. And this episode a uh, close second with the when it's the Woody and Kelly show. Oh yeah. <laughs> but when the Fraser this is essentially the pilot of the Frasier and Lilith show. Um mm-hmm it's the other one would have been a stealth pilot on the Sam and Diane show mm. but I mean as a pilot there's a bunch of things that they need to you know <laughs> iron out you know like you know even some of the characters you know seem a bit off Carla's way too harsh hearted that she will eventually get yes. they don't even add the well-known thing with the character Norm when he comes in they don't call out his name either time Yeah,
2: that's, that's a thing in this episode Yeah, <laughs> it's so
1: weird to me it, it did kind of seem like the B see plots were just kind of there to give those characters something to do
0: well, it's, so it shows how well i guess how far the show has come <laughs> sam and diane were just there for oh and by the way there's a meta plot this season like like we're doing lately we're reminding you of it but mostly this is about fraser and lilith and yeah it,
1: i mean and- she literally is sitting along the back rail of the bar for a good part of the episode diana she's literally in the background just kind of watching and listening you know, to most of what's going on. She doesn't play a super active role.
2: I I think that's never more obvious than in the last 30 seconds of the episode when the showrunners kind of remember, oh yeah, we need to do something with (laughs) Sam and Diane. (laughs) We need to kind of remind us that it's kind of their show. Mm -hmm. And they just tack on this ending, which is like, honestly, the show should have ended a a few seconds earlier. Like it should have ended with Frazier and Mm -hmm. Lilith. And, And you're right. I mean, we've we we've established i mean since frazier has been introduced we've seen okay he's he's really funny and he's got a great like rapport with diane and with sam and everything and okay a few episodes later he can kind of hold his own with the other guys at the bar and oh he's not just this weird outsider he kind of fits in this world a little bit he, he's mm-hmm. he's an odd one but he he works in there we can keep him as a regular and then like later on like last season it's like okay fraser can be the anchor of an episode he can he mm-hmm. can hold this and then yeah this one it's like okay we're not gonna get fraser's series for seven more years or something yeah. but this certainly telegraph the fact that, yeah, you could do a series about Frazier and his love life and that his antics like mm-hmm. this is like he this is a really strong thing and and getting to the, the the Lilith of it all and Maggie, I think you're right they they do frequently make throughout the life of the show, they do frequently make jokes at Lilith's expense mm-hmm. um, because she never fully integrates into the bar. Um, she becomes a regular, and she's sort of of a piece. But I think she's always got one foot outside. Yeah. Um, not unlike Diane to some extent. Sure. Um, but I don't. I, I I don't think it's any more mean spirited than the jokes at Cliff's or Norm's expense and everything like that. Like it may. Yeah. It, because there a lot of the jokes at her expense are about her physical appearance. They may feel a bit more yeah. like cheap shots, and I can see that but her appearance is a signature part of the character, at least for the first couple like times that we meet her. So I think oh, that does yeah. become a defining part of her. But... Like in terms of your love for her, I completely share that. I mean, like, Yay. Any given any given day, I'll tell you Lilith is my favorite character of the series, and then you know, uh, then I'll uh, change and I'll say Sam or Woody sure or Fraser or anybody. <laughs> That's but, like, <laughs> Lilith is pound for pound. I mean, like the jokes she gets, and and BB Newirth just comes in here and oh, she's so good in this part, like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's incredible.
0: So yeah, I mean a lot of you know the rest of the episode. I mean, it's the B and C plots were so. Sp- because they were so just pedestrian. It was a lot of things, you know, so there were a lot of very, you know, chuckle worthy moments in there and everything's kind of ticking along and, and Frazier and Lilith have this, you know, really good chemistry and rapport going. And then they go on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And suddenly it's like, you know, Frasier and Diane walk into the Italian restaurants and you forget everything else that's going on at all.
2: It's, it, it take it to such a different level. And I want to get to that, but yeah. like, let's, let's actually, let's, let's address like the, the B and C plots of it, just because I think we can kind of get, get them out of the way, because I think really the meat of this, that we should spend our time talking about is the, the Fraser and Lilith part. So um, the, I guess I would. I guess I would even call it the B plot. Would be the the Woody Cliff and Norm part. Yep. Which starts with a teaser where they're watching a fishing show on TV, and you know Woody, Woody thinks fishing on TV is pointless. They should actually go out on a feeding fishing trip, and the guys don't really want to, but he's kind of like he's insisting. So Norm is like, okay, I'll take of, Woody. You're in charge of bait and tackle. Cliff is in charge of uh, transportation and food. All right, Norm, what are you in charge of? He's like, coming up with a reason not to go, <laughs> and and then he, they even read something in the paper about there's a gladiator film festival in the paper so Norman yes. gets to exit like Roman centurions and he's belting out in Latin I, um, I
0: looked up what what it was they were, what it was he was saying in Latin and apparently he was saying something along the lines of there is no accounting for taste.
2: <laughs> there's no accounting for taste yeah, the Gustavus in tandem or something, I can't, I, I actually had the phrase written somewhere but I don't know but but yeah, so then later when they come back from that, and you you pointed this out, yeah, one of the, it's the little known fact is I think this might be the first time Norm gets an exit that isn't with his usual afternoon, everybody," and Norm like there's no the fanfare, and it's because he comes in in the middle of this argument with Cliff, which is a good one. I like that. I like where they pick this up. They're talking about the anachronisms in the Gladiator movies that they counted, and all of these like historical inaccuracies, and they're debating about it, like who who got more. Like I, one of my one of my favorite lines was like he's like, cliff was like no you got the same number as me there was no way caesar augustus was wearing reeboks
1: <laughs> that was actually one of my favorite lines in the episode that made me laugh out loud twice <laughs> 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 i really did like that one a lot in fact i think that that one's tied for my favorite line
2: and then they, they kind of come back to that. There's like more jokes about that. But the whole thing is like Woody keeps insisting that they go fishing. Um, he's actually kind of like, it, it segues into the the, the C plot, I guess, with Sam and Diane that um, uh, Sam gets these tickets to a uh, famous flautist performance or something that just some patron left at the bar and everything. And Diane really wants to go. She thinks this is amazing. Sam wants nothing to do with it. And this, Continues the subplot for the first part of the season of Diane insisting that they will be married while Sam is in denial of this fact and I have expressed that I think this is a really weak plot throughout the, the fifth season uh, that we're just going to have to suffer through for the first half, uh, <laughs> if not more, um, mm-hmm. I think it's it's really it it makes diane looked kind of stupid and out of character yeah i I agree
0: speaking of no i agree as well it's my least favorite chunk of cheers is the first half of this season i speaking of no accounting for taste my mother who's a very smart very witty person who loves very smart things it's her was her favorite when we were watching it live when i was watching it live with her growing up she absolutely loved the reversal Of Sam and Diane, you know, watching Sam Diane be Gaga over over Sam and Sam being completely indifferent about it for the first time really was great. She loved this, Hmm. and Hmm. I'm like, all right, so I guess there's something out there for everyone.
1: Yeah, no, I can't stand her.
0: Yeah, it's really hard because you wind up really disliking Diane.
1: Yeah. And that's not yeah, fair cuz she's it's... wonderful in the first other couple seasons. And you haven't
0: disliked Diane since about season 1? Yeah. You know, it's very rare that that the whole point of the episode is to dislike Diane. And but in this one, we get a very a rarity which is Diane hatches a convoluted scheme that absolutely works. Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> this, yeah. She walks up to a complete stranger <laughs> you know. oh, yeah,
2: you know, <laughs> so, you know I can't. You know, that is, oh, that, that line was great too, because she, she approaches Lilith, and of course she's like, oh, because it's Diane. We all know Diane, and she comes in with like a monologue about <laughs> how she would be honored as a fellow woman and a yeah. you know former paramour of Fraser to help like provide some insight into him and like converse about like her feelings and everything, and a little like.
0: Who are who you? Are you? <laughs> she very <laughs> patiently sits there and but lets her She talk, then you know. goes to her apartment. Well, I I don't know how many. If I had a nickel for every time you show up in here for some stranger in the, in the, that you met in the bar who has a need of a makeover, <laughs> right. you know.
1: it's a totally normal thing that women do. We pick each other up in bars and give one another makeovers.
2: It's almost the same. Like every once in a while, like the characters kind of. Somebody, ha- an outsider, kind of has to remind the characters that they're acting like the stars of a TV show. and <laughs> within their own world, it's like, 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 what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> like, like, am I supposed to know this? Like,
0: <sighs> well, that's because uh, Lilith hasn't been um, affected by Cheers, the entity yet. You know, which Brian right, she calls. hasn't been sucked down to the ground. <laughs> she <hasn't, well>. So <laughs> she's still a visitor from reality, or at best, you know, some <laughs> other sitcom where she plays a grief counselor. Or no, no. Oh, not hospice. But she she plays a like a clinical psychologist. That that was her role, and then eventually she becomes a a lab tech rather quickly.
1: No, well, She's like a research psychologist. Research.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. They say she's at Boston General Hospital or something at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I that threw me when I was rewatching. I was like, I remember her being a research psychologist, and they said that. Like-
1: well, she is in Fraser because she she's talking all the time about working with um, rats and monkeys.
2: Yeah, she, and she does that later in this show too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, so like yeah. there's a whole thing with Whitey, the dead rat. Maybe because <laughs> they also they also
0: say that Fraser is at the time considered to be a specialist in phobias, which doesn't really map with his stuff before or since. So maybe both of them completely scrapped their careers in Crash Course and should be specialists after. Yeah. You know,
2: Yeah, so Woody does eventually take the guys fishing and they go on that that little enterprise. Um, And as I kind of mentioned by the end of this episode, after the whole plot with uh, Frasier and Lilith is sort of resolved, we end with this whole thing of Diane having these tickets to go see this performer. And she's like, I guess I'll go alone. I'll be by myself. And she just kind of like goes on and just making a show of this. And it's annoying Sam, but it's really annoying Carla, until Carla just grabs Sam by by the shirt and just says, get, "Like get her out of here!" Screams it loudly, and Sam's like, "Okay, I'll go." And uh, it's it's kind of a weak finale. And I was like, "You should have just ended this episode on on Fraser and Lilith leaving." Mm-hmm. It, it was
0: such a weak last line. You know, they c- it was just say is this love or what yes we know you've now you've summed up your entire behavior for yes. this episode and most of the first half and it won't work again until thanks the thanksgiving one is the only time it works
2: yeah yeah getting to your whole your whole bit of this plot line and this like this sort of arc for diane and it making her unlikable I'm just curious because we know that at this point she has already told the showrunners that this is her last season. She's okay. leaving after this season. I was curious they about that. that
0: that very thing. Hmm.
2: They knew that this was going to be her last season. Now they, from what, everything I've heard, they hoped she change she would change her mind. They didn't want her to go right. because. She, I mean the the show and by this point it's a huge success by this season mm-hmm. and it's premised on the Sam and Diana but these are the main characters you want one of them to leave is the show going to survive after that you would think probably not so they had to be hoping that she stuck around but even though she was not she, she wanted to leave and she wasn't getting along with the rest of the cast so I don't know if subconsciously or consciously they were trying to soften the blow of her exit by making it like making the audience think, okay, it's time for her to go. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean, I, within the realm of the show and the, the, the life of the characters, I think this, this exposes the fact that Sam and Diane couldn't last any longer. Like the trajectory of their relationship was maybe only four years and right. by the time we get to the fifth season, it's like, okay, these, I don't want to see these characters together. They're kind of annoying me. Well, it, um, it's
0: also a possibility. And again, this is just, you know, spitballing <laughs> ideas, but it's, if they knew she wa- was leaving, they knew they didn't know if they would be able to bring in another female lead to play off Sam. So that would explain why they were starting to push um, Fraser and Lilith forward as that, because they, they have a, a mini arc throughout this season themselves which could have been a stealth pilot for their own show which i'm i'm convinced they must have been considering at some point with the chemistry of those two actors and if they would have had back
2: later on yeah
0: yeah and yes and the episodes where she comes on fraser are some of the best of that show
1: the last time in particular because it's it's so fun to watch like the beginning of their relationship because the last episode of Frasier that Lilith shows up in is really delightful and it puts their relationship to rest in a really positive way. So when he says you look like a woman who needs a good cuffing, <laughs> if the whole point was like their whole thing at the beginning was that they were masking their attraction for one another by being mean to one another, fine. But once you say you look like someone who needs to get smacked around, That's kind of the end of that for me. Well,
0: I think at this stage for a little while, you keep track of Norm's beer tab. You could keep track of the amount of times that Fraser Crane either threatens to or actually does invoke physical harm on a woman. (laughs) He's constantly yeah, threatening weird. to strangle them for a while. It's an odd thing about his character.
1: Yeah, and it's not a thing that you joke about because you'd know that there were guys who saw that who felt a little justified by what he said.
0: Well, you know, 40-year-old show. That we were lucky they were out of the kitchen by this point.
1: It's just it's just not an oak. Okay. I think that for me, that's a line that was crossed. I just, I don't think that yes. harm is funny.
0: You're, You're not wrong. It is something that does show, it is very casually thrown in. And has been since Ralph that's, Cramden. Yeah, that's. And, I think
1: part of what bothers me is is how it's it is just kind of tossed in, like it's not even thought about.
0: Yes, we went down a rabbit hole conversation about that, which is way beyond the scope of this. Maybe we we'll Do a <laughs> do a honey No, thing. I
2: I think Maybe I bad. mean, and this like I no mean way. I agree. I don't think it's the funniest subject. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily something that would get a laugh. I think if there's any. If there was any intent behind it, maybe the the point of the humor was it was supposed to look kind of ridiculous with a threat coming from Fraser, mm. being such like an uptight like type of character, like not a Stanley Kowalski type, right? But yeah. like maybe the fact of like him him doing something was maybe supposed to seem sort of ironically like weird or funny, but yeah.
0: It was immediately dismissed by her and she apparently went with it. So
2: Right. And they do when she when uh Frazier comes in and he mentions he's like, All right, he's gonna be on this T V show, this psychology this weekend, where he and a guest debate the you know the hottest psychological topics and and practices of the day. And <laughs> like, Wow, we we picked a day to go fishing, huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Cliff Norman, and Woody missed out on this.
2: Yeah, they missed you, out on the, you on the think great- they-
0: believed everybody when they were talking no you missed
1: yeah nobody was taping that <laughs>
0: it's okay we got the transcripts coming with our self-addressed stamped envelopes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right everybody oh,
1: <laughs> oh that's what they were trying to get because i didn't hear it because there was laughter so they were trying to get transcripts of the show from and that's what they were mailing to the p.o box yeah mom, oh, used-, okay, yeah,
2: okay. mom used to they, do wanted that. The- they wanted the written transcript so they could take that home and read it like a penthouse form
1: <laughs> like a penny so- dreadful
2: I love when, uh, when Frasier comes back and he he tells guys he's like after he gets this phone call and he's like dreading this bad news he's like I'm not going to go on the show I just found out that the other the other guest is my colleague uh, Dr Lilith Sternin and Cliff because you mean that pardon my French woman what? you used to go out with like, <laughs> the emphasis he puts on
0: that Cliff's got some great uh, delivery of some lines but he does later the bit with the fish. <laughs> <Yeah. strong> fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. little fish, <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and of course Diane has this whole theory, her you know armchair psychology is that uh what did she say she she's um she knows when a man is enamored of her, he's like, didn't you see his nostrils flaring, <laughs> and she's like hate is not the o- opposite of love indifference, is. and sounds <laughs> like, ah, right, whatever I don't care whatever I don't <laughs> whatever. Care. <so. laughs> And Fraser, Fraser posits that it is possible to have hostile feelings for someone without yeah. meaning anything else. <laughs>
0: um, and Sam's like, so I can hate Diane and it doesn't mean I'm like, no, feel free.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which, even if the writing of those lines isn't anything special i i just i love that interaction between the two of them because it's like further cementing this thing but like one of the redeeming things about at this point of their relationship is by now they have both been jilted by diane so many times that i compared them to like war veterans of the war against diane or something like that that they can always kind of come back to this thing that 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 shared experience of their their hatred for this woman who drove them to absolute like mania yeah
0: yeah (laughs) and isn't
2: done yet and then when Lilith comes in like I never thought about it, or I never noticed it until now. But she walks in, and she stops in front of the door, and she said, "Good afternoon, Doctor Crane." She recognizes him. She's been out with him. Like she's been, she could have walked right up to him and just said hello and everything. But it's almost like she's calling him out, like a Wild West. Gun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is great because then they just immediately started with the um, with the jabs at each other. <laughs> it's like, are, are they fighting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> building off what you were saying before even some if some of the material isn't isn't that great their delivery of it just sells it there are some of the jokes that wouldn't have landed all that well but they land so well because they're delivered so well and these two you just buy well, They're-
2: like as soon as, yeah, as soon as she approaches him and they start to kind of talk about, okay, we need to kind of settle like what, how are we going to approach this thing if we can work together in a civilized manner on this show. And Fraser starts to pull a stool out for her to sit on and yes. she just stops. She goes, don't you dare. Yeah. And he's like, oh my God. Like he's like kind of backs up. And then a second later, she pulls it out herself to sit down and he just gives the biggest eye roll. And he's like, are you kidding me? woman?" Well, like, <laughs> <laughs> So good. And he's like, I assume you just guessed that I would be at this training establishment. She's like, No, I checked your secretary. You left the detailed itinerary because you're so <laughs> whatever, like uh, neurotic or something like that.
1: I like that bit too. But does he say? He's, that he has to cash a check and put gas in his car before the show? Yes, I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he's just like the like the frustration on him, and that it leads to. He's got a line, and again, this is this is a punch at her at her expense, but. I've always remembered this one because I had a friend who said something similar later on. But his line is, "You perplex me." Normally, uh, people with your limited physical appeal make up for it with an actual personality, oh. um, and it, it 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 hurts. And everybody and they they give him an ovation, and he walks out feeling triumphant. Um, Anyway, and then we, of course Diane comes in, and uh, that's when she introduces herself, front-loading her <laughs> kind of like backstory first, and then introduces herself to Lilith, and does this whole physical makeover thing. Um, what I mean, Maggie, and I'll, I guess I'll put this to you: like, what did you think about this as a as a tactic uh, of something of kind of drawing out Fraser this way? Of of I don't know. I guess like, did they need to? sex her up or, or kind of give her it was like a, a this beauty makeover in order to make her appealing or attractive. I mean, ultimately that is sort of like what this is about. So how do you feel about that?
1: Well, yeah, I, I thought it was a lot like taking the girls or the girls, taking the glasses off the girl, right. um, <laughs> which as someone who's worn glasses since fifth grade, I always found a little offensive. Um So I'm not, a big fan of the whole if you just change yourself entirely, he'll like you thing. And that's kind of what they're getting at because Lilith says, why would Frazier Crane be interested in me? I'm not that kind of woman, which I don't know what that means. Um, what kind of woman? I don't, I didn't get that. And then Diane's like, Well, you could be if you just changed yourself completely. And I think that people are very much overlooking Bebe Newworth's legs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which are a if, character if, all
1: of their own if
0: they were overlooking it they weren't after this episode yeah
1: because my god she does she's got dancer legs because she was a dancer before she did acting and we. she's incredible. a beautiful
2: woman oh she's my a beautiful woman i Lord. mean the, the the show went out of its way to disguise her beauty. Yes. And later on, they will, they will tone that down and let her be a little bit more natural. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, certainly in the, in the episode that she appeared in the fourth season, I mean, her hair is pulled back so tight. They make a joke about like the comb marks, like in her, in <laughs> yeah. her hair and everything yeah. like that. Like they, yeah. they wanted to have a certain type, but she's still oh an incredibly attractive woman. Oh, absolutely.
1: So it, it's, and the
2: a dancer's it's... legs, yeah, you're right. <laughs>
1: it's so, just one of those well not mechanisms um tropes. yeah a trope that i i just Which i don't c-
0: like called out and i think that's the thing it is a trope it's a trope of the times a trope from whenever very I mean, 80s it's in the 80s were For hugely sure. fond of this idea i think yeah. it is where the idea you can you know enter your your favorite power ballad while someone's taking off her glasses shaking her hair yeah. but but they're calling it out in the show, just like they call out they they literally call it out, Frazier spells it out later when they do the bit with the hair pain. Mm. he says you this is so stupid, you think I'm going to fall for it and then he does it is one of my favorite sort of jokes is calling out something and then having it happen anyway mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: getting into once they actually appear on this show and they're uh the the host introduces his guests and fraser just looks like he's miserable like he's not expecting like he's looking down at first and just shaking like shaking and like like expecting to have a really bad time and then when lilith comes in and she walks by him and she sits down and her hair is down and it's curly long locks and everything and fraser's look of astonishment like he's right. like gas like, <laughs>
1: I said that when we watched it uh, this evening when I got home from work, he almost looks horrified. <laughs> you know, it's a, yeah. that also made me laugh out loud both times. I thought his reaction is, I love Kelsey Grammer's performance as Frazier. I really do, and he really nails the character right out the gate. And his reaction to that is priceless. <laughs> it's great.
2: And back back at the bar, the guys are watching the. The football game when Diane takes the remote away and says, <laughs> let's check our watches. We, we agree to do this. And they're like, no, and they, they try to change it back. And she goes on the spiel how they, they deserve to see Frazier acting as like a real professional, like, you know, he as not just like one of the guys. And one of the tertiary bar guys, Steve's, does, does anybody have a box that will shut her up? Maggie, I'm sure you have, you'd you love that line. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, okay, that was crass. But at the same time, <sighs> she, she is, is being really annoying she and she's just she's making judgments on them too like i mean she's right. sitting there you know saying you know look at how, this guy he's watch him be so much better than what you guys are doing right now mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I she's don't very see, patronizing saying, about that yeah i don't see th- think that i'm saying go, go screw yourself diane right. i don't yeah, think that's right, yeah. necessarily out of line
1: i think if carla but, yeah. had delivered that line it would have been different
2: yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah
1: that's a yeah. very Carla type line. And I feel like if she had been the one to say it, maybe because it feels like a woman telling another woman to shut up is a little nicer. <laughs> I don't know. Right. It's not nice either way. But it just it feels more like a Carla line. That guy on and the bar with that sweater, she's just kind of a jerk.
0: But yeah. Sam, ever the diplomat, just takes her side, realizing it's the best way to shut everybody up is to take a half hour <laughs> right. out of the day. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. So then. They they sit and watch, and Sam and Diane are behind the bar, and the other guys are just kind of gathered around. Right and again, we're, we just got like some of our tertiary guys, so we can really focus on Sam and Diane's response. And they're asking about Frazier's psychiatric method, and he gives this whole spiel about how he seeks the most sensitive spots and penetrates <laughs> it and three staying thrusting and throbbing and see, like staring at, at Lilith and you see she's sort of licking her lip her, her, her response she prefers a more slow and methodical approach with gentle stroking of the psyche which can create a far more intense release of emotion very often the patient will literally cry out in a release of satisfaction oh, and you just and the whole the whole time as these two are just like kind of melting into each other I swear the funniest part is sam and diane absolutely cutting yes. back to the two of them and you just see them standing at first and they're just kind of like leaning into each other and then getting closer and closer and like their hands locking and everything It's a, literal, <laughs> it's
0: a, like, a trope. that is a playing fingers in the theater oh uh, sure under, that's what yeah. in victorian times the show it starts that way right. but they
2: could but so lost in it that they their eyes are fogging doing. over. They're kind of like swaying in the motion and everything. They completely lose it. It's like, until he has to like wipe his breath. He's like, he's like, this thing's getting me hot. He's like, to wipe his <laughs> It's incredible. That whole scenario, like what we're seeing on the TV and then the reaction at the bar of them watching it. Amazing. Just an amazing couple of minutes.
1: Yes,
2: <laughs> And then yes, ending with them playing footsie when like they they almost hit oh, each other's yeah. foot, when they're, when they're they both feet. they go almost completely horizontal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's when I lose it. If I no matter how many times I see it, yeah. and I can hold it together because of the joke, but once they yeah. once their feet go, I, yeah. I'm, I'm just gone.
2: And <laughs> and the moderator plays it off for as long as he can before he finally just looks down. And he's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, he's the, the first, hero of that." Yeah yeah um and, and then I, I love it another one of my my favorite lines um I, I give it to, to to the tertiary bar guy steve who moments ago was telling uh diane to shut up mm-hmm. but when frazier comes in looking dejected he's like my only consolation is nobody ever watches that show and steve gives him a big <laughs> hug he's like way to go sex machine <laughs> yeah. says,
0: my life is over no he says i'm ruined, <laughs> oh, I'm ruined. <laughs> yes
2: much more fraser
1: not even a b i'm ruined
0: <laughs>
2: yeah he later tells Lilith, like, i lost three patients as a result of our performance today and love is like that's odd i picked up three
0: yes <laughs> i wanted to tell him don't worry fraser it's far from the most embarrassing thing you will do on either television or radio mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's for sure oh yeah
2: big things in his future
1: <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Then the, she comes back in and everything. She's all buttoned up and dying. It's like Dr. Oh, Stern, in year you're back <laughs> like you're back to your your old ways and they have their yeah. little thing and when she finally gets her to take the hair down again she's like you mean like this and she pulls her hair down and Frazier's just turned to that <laughs> almost that almost sideshow bob psychotic voice where he's just like precisely <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like he's kind of has this almost sort of out of body experience like experience when he's when he sees like he because he even mentioned it, he's like you know, putting your hair down will like stimulate me like some kind of Pavlovian dog, and, then, and then you just see the change in him. I just love yeah. that the way, that line delivery precisely. <laughs> <laughs> as a as a stealth pilot, I mean, I, I I love the fact that these two stick with the show for the basically the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they quite possibly could have spun off earlier had they wanted to. I think the two of them and given their their trained backgrounds i mean they they're they're sort of a classical act of them that mm-hmm. they almost have like a, a i don't know i would i would say almost like a, a spencer tracy katherine hepburn um anyway there's like they, there's really old school vibe to them but i really like that and like how well they play off of each other i think the the show should have ended with that with their exit but instead we get this lingering thing with the sam and diane of it but yeah Meh.
0: Don't worry, there'll be several other ones. Yeah. Like
2: Any other thoughts about her lingering things before we get into the superlatives?
0: Oh, there was one other thing I noticed, and Maggie hinted on it earlier that Diane um, spends most of the time sitting in the back reading a book, which is kind of a, a nod to the time when they had her hiding behind the bar reading a book when yeah. she was pregnant and Sam <laughs> Sam even lampshades the entire ludicrousness of it by saying, oh, when she's saying oh, and I'll be taking my lunch hour early, hey, thanks for <laughs> even stopping by at all <laughs>
1: yeah, <thanks. laughs> you know what at this point what like, gets me.
2: <laughs> I mean, she must be drawing a check, but I don't think he considers her an employee because she rehired herself <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: she does less work there than Homer Simpson <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, Oh, I love it when she's when she's first kind of like seeing She's like, uh, he's like, I'm not taking you to this concert. She's like, well, you know, maybe somebody will go with me. And Woody is like at the table, screening oh, her right. on this fishing hook. And he's like, he's like, Miss Chambers, like, I might be able to I, he's like, I might be able to get back in time for my fishing trip if I don't clean up first. I can yeah. take you to the concert. As if she would go with him if he didn't clean up first (laughs) after a fishing trip, he's going to go with her to like an opera or something to see a classical flautist. And she's like, maybe next time, but he's like, okay, but I don't know when I'm going to go fishing again, (laughs) (laughs) completely, (laughs) completely missed that joke. eh.
0: And then later he actually almost regret seemingly almost regresses to coach level, but then he realizes he's just putting them on. What is it? I got shotgun. Well, wouldn't it be better to use a fishing pole? Ah, just kidding. Yeah. That was a
2: coach type of line. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was a good joke. Woody got a good one.
2: Yeah. I already mentioned the, the little known fact that uh, when Norm enters the bar, like both times he doesn't get his Norm greeting uh, just because he's sort of in mid conversation. But uh, and this might be the first time this episode um for norm's tab he had three beers this time which brings him up to 398 for the series Ooh,
0: man and, and he leaves almost a full one on the bar because woody's got a cooler of them in his car oh, that's was- right that's right that's <laughs> what finally gets him
2: all right for the employee of the week uh I, I mean it could have gone to either one i gave it to lilith i don't know what you guys are thinking
1: Oh, definitely, Lilith.
0: Because my wife is in full agreement, I will say, "Baby, any worse, legs." <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> just yes, yeah, spe- special commendation yes. for her legs.
0: It's like but Elizabeth Lilith, Taylor
1: yes. in Canada and Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. What is yes, you know, um, like just. Woof.
0: I'm not usually a leg guy, but those two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Moving on, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie. You, uh, you uh foreshadowed it before but what is your highlight what is your home run for this episode
1: i i because i was between a couple because like i said there were a a number of lines that made me laugh both times and i within the span of 24 hours um but i i'm actually going to give it to when diane uh, like is addressing the bar and says now let's all check our watches (laughs) (laughs) the the delivery of that line it's like she's a school teacher (laughs) And it's just perfect and it got me both times so i'm i'm gonna give it especially because i'm not a big fan of her at this point in the show i'm gonna give it to, to diane
2: okay nice nice
0: i actually was going to go with that one as well oh i'm sorry it's okay i, I should have gone last no it's okay it's why we have backups that's uh, true <laughs> no i'm gonna go with the entirety of Fraser and 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 lilith on tv <laughs> The lead up, the follow up, the people scrambling for pencils—it is yeah. one of the funniest, tightest bit of comedy that Cheers uh, has pulls off in its entire run, and that's it, really great stuff.
2: It's basically—it's—it's it's the closest. Thing, I think it's. I'm sure it's the closest thing Cheers ever gets to a sex scene, um, but that's, funky, really? that's yeah. essentially what it is. They're they're having. a a sort of non-physical intercourse between each other on television. And there's a sense of voyeurism as we are watching other people watch them. And the fact that the the viewers are getting so aroused and turned on by the fact that it's also this very cerebral and intellectual word-based non-physical intercourse. The just the layers, the dimensions of it are just incredible. It's like Um, nerdy
1: phone sex, but on TV with both
2: people (laughs) in the same room. With, with very clinically detached kind of verbiage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but also, the double entendres are there. <laughs> like, they're pretty obvious because mm-hmm. even people like Steve and Alan and the tertiary guys can can get it and they yeah. can hear it. So well,
0: And the fact that the two of them are clearly into each other's, you know, doing this, you know, in the moment, just completely is the icing of the cake.
2: Yeah, I, I had the same thing. I thought, like, in, in particular, Sam and Diane that. Like gyrating next to each other and like holding hands and everything, like the getting lost in this in the scene. That was my favorite part. Um and my runner up would actually be the, the line, way to go, sex machine. And, <laughs> and Frase Fraser's just reaction, just dropping his head in shame. Like well. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, John, Maggie, thank you again for being my guest on Cheers Cast. Always love having you guys. Um, mm-hmm. I know your schedules have been pretty busy and, and kind of changing lately, but uh, if people want to hear more from you in the podcastosphere, where would they find you guys?
0: Uh, yeah, we're t- taking a brief hiatus um, in, in uploading too much new stuff, but we occasionally put stuff up. Best way to find us is to uh, just, we're married watching cartoons, married with comics, or MWC. If you look up any of those terms plus podcast, you'll find a full list. If you look up Rod Pod Podcast, which is another one we sort of do, <laughs> you um, will find a giant list of a surprising amount of podcasts about fishing rods so don't do that just um find it under mwc if you like transformers talk yes. i'm on twitter at mwc underscore podcast and
1: if you want to see cute pictures of rhoda because that's about all i do these days i am at maggie and the rain
2: can you, can you blame her look at her
1: i know she's so cute she only barked once i'm sorry she did i love
2: her Yep. You people who have you people who have to suffer through the audio medium are missing a show.
1: Yeah, I mean she is, is a handful, but she's worth it.
2: Mm-hmm. So all right. Well, thank you again, John, Maggie, and Rhoda, for uh, <laughs> indulging me on in this episode. Uh, thanks to all of you who listen to Cheers Cast and support the show by liking and sharing on social media and leaving comments on the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. Uh if you want a written transcription of this episode, you know, you'll have to write to the show's PO box. <laughs> You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to Ashford from the Right On Podcast Network and Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents, uh, who sponsored this show. Go to patreon.com slash to support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and until next time, we're closed. What these two
0: people, who are such geniuses at romance, are trying to do... <laughs> is to get you to take your hair down thinking that it will stimulate me like some sort of Pavlovian dog. (laughs) So why don't you just oblige them get this silliness over with so we can get on with our lives.
1: You mean like this?
0: Precisely. (laughs) You know what? What? I'm going to kiss you. I'm going to kiss you hard and I'm going to kiss you long. (laughs) But make no mistake about it, I am going to kiss you. In fact, I'm going to kiss you like you've never... (laughs)